Welcome to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2, and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? You're listening to The Hockey Show on ESPN Chicago. season more than the Beatles on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Barstool Chief, I'm Pat Boyle. We are sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. How you doing, Chief? I'm doing great. I'm in the Christmas spirit. Uh, you got to get your mic on there, big guy. I'm doing great. I'm in the Christmas spirit. They, they, they switch it up on me. I got yeah. both buttons on now, so I don't know what happened there, but I'm doing well. Feeling good. I'm in the holiday spirit. I love being on State Street during Christmas season with all the all the decorations, the lights everywhere. So it's feeling good. Do you have a favorite Christmas song if you're not a Beatles guy? Uh, I do like uh, Mariah Carey's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, Banger. be home for Christmas yeah. or whatever. I uh, I like that. I'm all, not a huge Mariah for... fan, but that one just does it to me every time. She's the queen of Christmas. Yeah, the queen of Christmas. My second favorite is the Hanukkah song by Adam really? Sandler. Yes, <laughs> it is. I mean, I mean, it just it gets me it, every time. It I, needed I, to I be done. It. It I needed do. to be done. They needed to have a song of their own. So. That holiday didn't have any. Sandler stepped up. Darlene Love is the is the goat, though. Oh, okay. That's my number one. Darlene Love. So all everybody out there, if we can maybe get that in and out of break, that would be great. Um, it was interesting coming downtown today. I'm coming off the Ohio feeder ramp, and it is just packed with. And I'm like, I'm in my hockey cocoon over yeah. here, thinking like the whole world wants to talk about the team that's lost eleven <laughs> of twelve and is tanking for Bedard. And, Life goes on, and I'm like, Whoa, yeah. what, why is everybody? Oh, it's the holidays goofball and and all these families are going to see santa they're going to they're on the way to Christmas. madison to get the uh the blackhawk store that's true get too. all their stuff yes. yeah getting i'm sure a retro sweater beautiful get a solder bloom if yep. you will yeah he had a couple okay moments last night are, you want to play a little game later on it's, yeah. it might be challenging I, i'm gonna do do the best like i was watching you know every game yesterday in the world cup went to a shootout yes and i feel like we could do a rapid fire step up say something nice about the blackhawks because we're in the holiday spirit. I, we're I spreading think Christmas joy. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. By the way, I don't know why I use this platform to show my ignorance about uh, the beautiful game. Yeah. Uh, but I did watch yesterday. Okay. And fantastic. Uh, but here's my question. Uh, when we when we do the two 15-minute, mm-hmm. what, what do you call them that? Extra day? time. Extra time. Um, when Neymar scores, I'm thinking ball game. We're yeah. done. There's no golden goal. They used to have that. They used to have don't like. Don't they I, need to go back to that? Like, I yeah. I, I I don't know why they would see that as such like a uh, like a disadvantage or unfair. Like you both have the same amount of time. Right. There's one ball. It'd be one thing if it was like baseball or, or like some crazy home field advantage where it's like we're going to switch sides and go towards our half. I don't know. I don't know why they. Or do if that. Croatia has such uh, an advantage in penalties. They want to just get to yeah. And they can sit on it a little sit bit. Sit on it yeah. and win that way. Which again, I don't want to see a Stanley Cup playoff game decided on a, in a shootout. I don't want to see a World Cup uh, in the knockout yeah. round. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And that took. Uh, I feel like it was my entire life. Like one of my earlier sports memories that '94 World Cup here that ended in in penalties. But I'm pretty sure that they used to just do uh, golden goal. 
and I think it would just go on forever. It'd be like a cricket match. Where Which like, is we'll, fine. We'll I'm finish the with, game tomorrow. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah, so you just have to wait until somebody like almost drops dead from running twenty five miles in the middle of a game, and then it's true. yeah, so easy for me to yeah. say. As I'm yeah, watching and usually on my it's couch. you know it's in the summer and it's you know ninety five degrees no matter where you're too. playing. So might it might just be uh, a safety precaution. I have no idea, but yeah, I, I wish it was just like hey, if you score an extra time, sudden death. That's it. Okay, well this isn't not the soccer show. This is the mm-hmm. hockey show on ESPN one thousand. Hawks fell to Winnipeg third time this season. This one was at least tight, 3-1. to one. Yeah. Uh, did you, I know you were at the game, and I want to get your experience a little bit later on at the United Center, but uh, did you hear any of Luke afterwards? He was, uh, he was not happy with the first period. Yeah. Uh, lack of effort, uh, lack of uh, oh, just it, desperation, the hockey, energy. Yeah. You know, he said that leading up to it, he talked about how he, they wanted to seize the moment against a team that played the night before mm-hmm. and had beaten their rear yeah. end in the first two meetings. And, and he said, I saw none of that. Yeah, I do think it is somewhat common uh, when teams come back after a road trip. So they're, you know, they're in New York last weekend, a few off days that takes them a little bit to get their legs underneath them. But yeah, he, it, I didn't see that comment. I'm glad he made it. Um, but it. <laughs> It was also, it was one of those things where it was more like they were mentally checked out, where I, I remember watching, you know, kind of Kane come in on a power play and great entry, you know, everything, they did everything right in the entry. He crosses the line, passes it over uh, to his right side, and they, I can't remember who the winger was, just threw a shot on net from 45 feet, yeah. and it's like, well, that's a turnover. Yeah, right. So, like, turn your brain on, like, let's play hockey, and it just, in that moment, I had this thing where I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to let Kaner go. Like, I don't want, like, yeah, because it's almost like I don't want to see him playing and having to play this way. Right. Because it's like these guys, have him play with guys who at least know how to play the game and uh, and can play it at his level. And, you know, his his shooting percentage has dipped. I think it's around 4% now. And, you know, he's not getting his his points. And they tried playing him with Taves. And they had a few moments last night, too, where it's like, all right, at least Taves knows – like where Kane's going to be and where he wants to be, and like they have some chemistry, but then it's like they can't find that third winger because it's Anthony Sioux, who is a guy who's not, he's he, not it. That's not going to work. I yeah. mean, we've seen this now play out over the last month and change. Like, I, I can't believe they're not trying something, some other option. Combo. I, I, I understand it from a point of, well, Anthony Sioux can at least go get the puck. Yeah. Like, he's going to be the four checker on the line. He'll go out and get it and get it back to, to Taves and Kane and let those guys cook. But eventually, it's just like, maybe it's just better to just focus on entries and, uh, and just have clean entries. And, and I think I really like Taylor Radish. I don't know about you, but I think that's a guy who maybe, you know, nobody thinks the game like Kane or Panarin or those at that level or to bring it. But he's he's like a, a guy that I look at, I'm like, all right, like he knows how to play. Yeah. Like he knows how to play. He, he's not like some unbelievable, talented player, but I like him. I hope they extend him. I don't know what his contract is right now, but I would like him to be a guy who could be part of the group going forward. And it's like, just let's just have one competent line. And yeah. just, if you have if you have three lines that are just hemmed in the whole time, but you get to watch Kane play the right way, then I'd be okay with that. But man, it's just like I almost like for his sake, like it's sad watching him play out there right now. So they just finish up the, the trek through the New York teams, taking on the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils. Mm-hmm. Uh, Couple of those places could be landing spots for Patrick. I, I uh, which two do you think? 
if you're saying a couple? I, I would think it would be the Rangers mm-hmm. if the Rangers get in a more solid footing in yeah. the playoff mix. And I would also think that possibly the Islanders. Yeah, I, it would be the most fun to have him on the Devils. Yes. But they don't really need him. Right. But like the idea of him and Jack Hughes, like that to me is like, oh boy, they would have some fun out there. Right. You see, he had a six minute shift the other yes. night. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was like, and the game last yeah. night. Yeah. So like, he's just going to play ever forever. Heard of such a thing? I think I, it's the longest one ever. I saw our, our guys, the Chicklets social account, said it was more ice time than business entire career combined. <laughs> so I thought that was that was That's pretty great. good. That's great. And uh, yeah, so it was just like. Like, I would like to see him play there. They don't really need him. They kind of need the opposite. Like, I'd rather see them go after, like, Jake McCabe or something like that if they're going to be making a trade with us. But, yeah, like, I, I don't think the Rangers are going to be good enough. Like, I, I don't think that they're going to be in the mix where it's like, I think he, if he's going to get traded, he wants to go compete for a cup. They're not it. Yeah. Like, I don't think the Rangers are good enough. And as evidence, the Hawks <laughs> played with them and beat them. Yeah. You know, like, it was... So and it's like if you're losing win the Hawks, the yeah. if you're losing the Hawks, something's wrong. Yeah, do you and, think uh, Gerard Gallant's going to get whacked? You know, he seems to be one of those guys that has a shelf life. Yeah, and it's 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 coming up on that window. So I, what's he been there about two years now? Yeah. yeah. So I think it, it, at some point you only have so many levers you can pull, and uh, and they're kind of locked into who their core is, and I can't see them making a big splashy trade anytime soon. So if it continues like this through the new year. You might see what the Blues did a couple of years ago where they fired, uh, I can't even remember who the guy was, uh, and then brought in Chief. Yeah. And, uh, and they went on to win the cup. And the Rangers have talent. They got a lot, of, they got, a, they have, on paper, they look like they got the right stuff and they just haven't been able to make it work. When you were watching the Devils, did you see sort of a blueprint there of how they've gone from irrelevance mm-hmm. to back to relevant and being one of the best teams in the league, if not having the most points? And how they did it with high draft picks and a path that you could see the Blackhawks hopefully take. I'm not a Lindy Ruff fan, but yeah. there's a lot of things I do like about what they've done. Yeah, I, I was kind of under working under the assumption that it would not start well this year for the Devils. And then Kevin Deneen would slide into that okay, role yeah. from the AHL. That's kind of what I thought would happen when, when he didn't get a job uh, this summer. But... Yeah, it it helps to have Jack Hughes. Certainly and, does. And he's here. And, you know, and, it's, and they have... You know, they're not even close to being a finished product. They had uh, Nimich and, and uh, Hughes' brother, Luke. Like, they're going to be they're gonna be a problem in the East for a long time if they can manage the cap the right way. And they need they need more. You know, they need a little bit more in the bottom six, a little toughness. Um, maybe, you know, like, a, like I said, a Jake McCabe type of guy who can be a leader, play bottom, you know, bottom pair of minutes, but give you a little bit of a little bit of snarl on the back end. And uh, and but they're yeah, like you would hope that Frankie Nazar and it's like we the Hawks would need like their Jack Hughes. Right. Uh, hopefully that comes in this draft. We hope but, so. Yeah. But they play an attractive style. They're up tempo. They're fast. They they control the puck. They're they are. If you're going to just power rank based on like entertainment, they're number one. They are. Which is. Uh, who would have thought? They're not your, you're not your dad's devils. No, they're the not. The 90s devils were like the... They almost killed the NHL, those, yeah. those teams that were so good and so boring. Jacques now the Lemaire, devils are great. The the uh, the left-wing lock. Yep. Oh, it's brutal. Just, yeah, just... Yeah. Let's win every game up, two to two one. one. Yeah. yeah, and they had and Brodeur they, and that Scott that Stevens. Yeah. You just the only entertainment was waiting for Stevens to knock somebody out. Absolutely, and that was it. And so. I, saw, I saw that his wife would refuse to sit close to the glass because it was so violent to watch him oh, hit people. He was like an I was in the building, Eastern Conference Final Game Seven when he laid out Lindros. I've never seen nineteen thousand people 
just come to a screeching yeah. halt more than that. I mean, yeah. it, the game was over. It was first yeah. period of the game. You said right there, there is no way yep. the Flyers are going to win this game, and they didn't. And those are just, that's like a car wreck. Because Lindros was, what, 6'4", 225, 230, yeah, maybe more. Yeah, 235. Yeah, and, and Stevens was right about that same size. Right. We're probably both moving 20, 25 miles an hour, full-speed collision. It was that like that element of the game, which had to be legislated out. But, man, like that was, it, it was just so different back then. Where did you stand on the Jacob Truba? Like, obviously, this is what he does. He, yeah. he is a physical player. Yeah. Um, I, I say he's a border borderline hits. Be, be, best, best way I can describe it. Letter of the law, it's fine. Right. Uh, but then when you hear often to see you say he's trying to hurt people. Yep. I think that comes from a place of uh, of concern from some players in this yeah. league. So I guess my thing on Truba on that hit specifically, I would say. I personally like that's to me that's a legal hit. Sure. And pick your head up. You don't have that problem. Right. right. And. Uh, but at the same time, if Truba wants to play that way, answer the bell. And, and so I, I didn't like if I were on the bench for the Hawks, I would I would want a piece of Truba. Mm-hmm. But I but at the, and they and they went after him and they did the right thing and it was like a galvanizing moment for the team and all that. Great. Uh, so I it, it's like it's one of those things where it's like I I don't think anybody was at fault there. And it's like it, and you would prefer maybe that hit doesn't get made. But I also don't have a problem if someone's like, hey, like, if what, you're... what about the fact that he's not playing the puck and, and he's lining him up from 30? Yeah, I mean, it's a contact sport. Yeah, like, no, that's, that's, you know, like, it, he's not necessarily playing the puck, but you're it's a defenseman. You're taught, play the body. Yeah. And, and maybe it doesn't mean that necessarily, but he, I, I don't think that, you know, it's when you break it down frame by frame, it's like, did he launch? Did he not? Yeah. His arms were in, his elbows are down. It was a violent. Collision. The head wasn't the first point of contact, yeah. but you know, uh, international play. If you hit the head at any point in the yeah. collision, mm-hmm. uh, you're penalized for it. Yeah, it's tough. I, I was know. having this discussion with somebody the other day, like football versus hockey collisions, and it's like, well, playing football makes you more sore because there's so much more of it. But the the worst hockey hits are worse than the worst football hits like and, and that was an example of like that's a bad hit where you could and i don't this is like a like an old cliche kind of a fuzzy line i don't mind guys trying to hurt guys don't try to injure guys like that's right. kind of like you want to be physical you want guys to know like the old uh slapshot let them know you're there like right. you gotta let them know you gotta you all the good teams are hard to play against and that's something we talk about the devils they're missing a little bit of that they are missing that and uh and you got to be hard to play against you got to be able to make people uncomfortable you gotta you know when it's one of those things where you know if you're playing in the playoffs and you throw a hit like that early in the series well maybe that pass that comes up the middle of the ice that's a turnover next mm-hmm. time because the guy's looking around he's not and he's fumbling it a little bit because he knows you can't just fly through the neutral zone with your head down. So it's yeah, but I can also say that you know, Truba's hit on Sidney Crosby changed that playoff series totally. dramatically, and probably the better team did not win the series because of it. I think yes, that probably had more to do with Louis Domingue, though. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's go to the phone lines three one two three three two three seven seven six. Let's say hi to Bradley on the west side. Hey, Bradley, how you doing today? Good. How are y'all doing? We're hanging in there. What's going on? I uh, just wanted to talk about the goalie situation. So not the biggest hockey guy. Moved to Chicago last year and became a big fan of the Hawks. Just from the eye test watching this year, it seems Soderblom's the best option in goal right now if the team wants to be competitive. But 
is it worth having him take all these losses and potentially hurt his confidence? It's a good question. Uh, yeah, that's a fair question. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Um, I don't, do you think he's the best of the three? I think they're oh, all. No, he's not the best yeah. of the three. He, he's the the best prospect we have right now. Yeah. Uh, to okay. me, and I, I'll talk more about it when say something nice about the Blackhawks. A <laughs> uh, little uh, little precursor to where yeah. I might be going. Um, I think he's been the silver lining to the Mrazic Staylock mm-hmm. injuries. Now, to good, new- good news today, Mrazic was on the ice at fifth third, and he says he's going to play on Tuesday good. or be available. So, now again, he's had one groin injury that he's had issues with in the past. Forever. This injury was the other side. So You're running out of them. Yeah, you, you are. He's, down, he's, he's, he's injured them both. Yeah. And uh, so we don't know if that's going to be a common theme throughout this season. Stalock's been out since November 1st mm-hmm. after the uh, hit that he took. And, you know, he's close to returning. But, again, it's been a month and a half yeah. that he's been out of action with, with what he says is his first concussion. So to me, Soderblom is, you know, forced into action, mm-hmm. and he looks to me like he's on track to be, at worst, a really good backup in the NHL. Yes, I would agree. He he's got the right size. He's a, he, I'd like him to clean up his rebounds a little bit. And we've talked about this on the show before. Evaluating goals is a little bit difficult for me, um, but he seems like a good athlete. And he, you know, and he moves across the creep crease pretty explosively i know you had uh, talked about him with darles uh maybe like six weeks ago or something on on the uh post game show and darles was like he kind of reminds me of of me yeah. the way he plays and now i think scott's a better athlete at his peak and scott's also six six so he's a little bit bigger so and 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 what did that get to scott scott was like probably one of the better backups in the nhl at mm-hmm. his peak i don't know i think Sauter bloom blom whatever is going to be like a perfectly fine backup but I think tendency people have a tendency in all sports and all markets to fall in love with the guys that they know, the prospects that they know, and I think people should just kind of pump the brakes on him a little bit. So, and one other thing, you know, the the, uh, the caller brought up the fact: are they worried about him taking these lumps in mm-hmm. net? And that's the reason why they brought Staylock yep. and Mrazek in. They didn't want young goalies to be out there and endure eleven losses, a in barrage. Games. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that was that was the game plan. Injuries forced them to go a different route. Kaylee Chelios uh, talked to Jimmy Waite, the goaltending coach for the Hawks, yesterday morning, and asked him point blank. Do you, are you worried about Soderblom being in there uh, and not experiencing wins? As Seth Jones said after the game, he's working his ass off. He, yeah. he deserves better. Um, and Jimmy said, no, we're not. We're, we're surprised with uh, just how mature he is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll take a 3 nothing loss to the Devils or what have you, and they'll put on there the four uh, ten bell saves he made, and they'll build upon that. Like he is not allowing soft goals, yeah. and th- that's really at the end of the day uh, right. what you're looking for. The old cliche: stop the ones you're supposed to. And I, I think he has done that for the most part. I feel like maybe a couple times short side over the year, he's he's had a couple bad ones like that. But for the most part, I think he's done that. And then yeah, so if they're, if, I think that's a good way to do it. I also think that everybody in that locker room and and, and Soderblom also knows what the expectations are for this team and it's just like compete but we're we're probably not going to win so i think it, it it'd be one thing if the, the hawks were like hey like we think we're a wild card team and the goalie is holding us back nobody thinks that 
So I think it's just like, hey, it is what it is. I'm going to work on my game and try to get better and get some experience. And, and yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that they think that he's mature and not, it's not really impacting him. Coming up, we're going to tell you which Blackhawks prospects are going to be with Team Canada for the World Junior Championships. And uh, we're going to be joined uh, by Corey Pronman. He's a prospect analyst for The Athletic. Uh, we're going to see if there's a, a, a comp for Connor Bedard. Is there any debate between Bedard and Fantilli? And how does the, look, the draft look for defensemen? Is, is Frankie Nazar going to be better than Kirby Doc someday? We'll get into all of it with Corey Pronman of The Athletic. That's next. It's the Hockey Show, sponsored by the Chicago Wolves on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show on the AM at 1000, on the FM at 100.3 HD2, on your phone, through the ESPN Chicago app. The Christmas tree, I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know, make my wish come. Puts us in the mood. It is the hockey show on ESPN 1000. Barstool Chief, I am Pat Boyle. That's the official Connor Bedard song. All I want for Christmas is you. That's it. Come on down, baby. That's all I want. Yep. And let me tell you, the Hawks are they're doing well. They've got the second worst record right now. I'm on Tankathon more than I'm on Google. Yep. What else do you need? uh, It's that and a little Mariah. Warms your heart. Love actually one one of my favorite. Great. I cry every time. Cry. Cry. At the end? Yeah. With what part? The little kid? Yeah. Oh, just... it's, it's all the feels. Yeah. 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 Love actually yeah. fantastic. You're, you're a hopeless romantic, aren't you, I Pat? Am. Yeah. I am. I'm the same way. That's a good movie. I watched it uh, maybe a week ago. Come to come to Chicago, Connor. Yeah. Bedard. Uh, so we, uh, I had a chance to talk to uh, Corey Prom in the, uh, the athletics NHL draft expert, and he was on with uh, Charlie Romeliotis. And James Dubois, myself, and, and we just kind of got into all the things that Blackhawks fans are interested mm-hmm. in uh, because of the rebuild and where they're at in the standings and hopefully the odds of landing a top pick. And uh, we just started with Corey to just evaluate how the top tier of this draft looks. It's the four players at the top that I think really get you excited about this draft. There are four really high-end young forwards. Uh, Connor Bedard, who plays a center in with, with Regina in the Western League. You have the center of Adam Fantilli, who plays it with Michigan. You have the uh, uh, Leo Carlson, who can play center, but has been playing wing with Oribro in Sweden. And you have the winger, Matvey Michkov, with Scott. All four of those guys are elite NHL prospects, uh, those are guys who I think in any other of the last two years would have been in the consideration to be the first overall pick in, in those drafts, um, you know, with Mitchkov with an asterisk next to his name because of where he plays in Russia and the fact that he is signed to a KHL contract for three full seasons after his draft season. Uh, but on talent, those four guys are really elite players. So, Chief, do you, do you agree that the top tier is those four players, including uh, Leo Carlson of, of Sweden? Yes, but I think there's a clear top two. So right. I think it's Bedard, Fantilli, and then I, like, 
if you somebody might fall in love with Carlson, like that that could happen. But if you take Carlson and he's not one I of mean, those, I was going to make you a get sta- fired. I was going to make a Stan Bowman joke. Right? Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, apt. Is that right there? And everybody knows what we're talking about. Okay. But if you All fall right. in love Sorry. with, it's like somebody might be like, "Hey, I really think he's the number two pick." But if you take him to, and he's not, then that's the type of pick that gets you fired. And uh, and then Mitchkov, you know, like he said, like, and I, I think the black, I think some teams would have no problem taking him and waiting. Blackhawks can't wait, and I think they know that. So you, if you're sitting at home, unless there's some kind of lottery catastrophe where the Hawks end up, I think the the lowest you can drop is three spots, right? So let's say somehow that they're picking five or six. That's the only way I think that they would roll the dice on Mitch Goff because they, they just can't. Like right. They need like no, an instant I'm... infusion. They can't wait five years. Or, right. or potentially never. Is there a debate between De- uh, Bedard and Fantilli? We asked that to Corey Pronman. Well, Bedard's always been this size, so that hasn't changed. He didn't get shorter within the last few months. Uh, <laughs> I, I think what happened is Adam Fantilli went to college, and we knew he would be a pretty good college player. But as of now, he's having the best draft-eligible season we've seen since Jack Eichel. And, I mean, you, you just look at a guy who was that big and could skate and showing a ton of offense, and he's very competitive and physical. He looks like a guy with all the tools. I mean, you go back to, say, when Jonathan Taze was in college, and this guy's doing everything he was doing and, and arguably more. Um, you know, this, this is a very, very impressive pro prospect and a guy who I think you can feel comfortable saying is going to be an NHL center. I think the debate is, okay, well, how, you know, will he have – Will Bedard's offense be un, uh, will there be enough? Let me rephrase that. Will Bedard have so much more offense to outweigh those potential pros that Fantilli brings to the table? And I think it's very possible. Bedard's offense is off the charts. He is nearly a full year younger than Fantilli at this current stage too, which is important. And I think that's going to be a really interesting debate going forward because I do know several NHL scouts who prefer Fantilli just due to the fact that they think he's going to be a star number one center in the NHL, and those guys are very hard to find. And it is not a lock that Bedard is, and then you can say, okay, well, maybe he's Pasternak, maybe he's Kucherov. Those guys are incredible players, elite players, special players. Kucherov's a huge part of two Stanley Cups. But I just think you'll find a lot of teams who will prefer the center. If they do land the number one pick, is it a slam dunk for you, Bedard? No. No, so I, you're you're going size matters center because Bedard's probably going to play wing in the NHL, right? I, I think so. I, mean, I I do think, and I, I've gone out of my way to try to watch a little bit more, and especially he's been on fire. Yeah, okay. That shot, that release it's, is just. I've never lethal. seen anything quite That's like the it. Thing. That's yeah. I I can't get that out of the memory bank. Yeah. And I don't blame I, you yeah, because I just it, can't. It, it's like, and it's like he slingshots it somehow. It's like a very like it's not like your traditional. Like he he shoots the puck way differently than to bring it. Yeah, to bring it's got a, an elite shot. Right, but and, and he is like a little bit. He's got a little bit more bite to his game than I think he gets credit for. Speaking of Bedard, and that maybe that allows him that competitiveness to to be a center. But uh, I think he might be a guy who gets you six hundred NHL goals. But I don't know if he does enough of the other stuff where it's like, hey, like you look at guys like I think Fantilli's floor is probably like. Kessler when he got 40 goals you know and it's like you want he's fast he's big he plays a little bit mean he doesn't mind throwing his weight around he's got a ton of offense at the college level and that's not an easy transition and going from the USHL into big time college hockey and he is 
dominating and and then and At like a historic rate. It, it exactly, and it's very it's rare. Like he brought up Jack Eichel, he brought up Jonathan Taves. I think that those are like you might end up looking at Fantilli as like a combo of those two guys because he probably has more innate offensive ability than Taves, and he's a little bigger, more responsible than Jack Eichel. So it's like this guy, but he skates kind of like Eichel, you know. So he he's got everything. You like he's one of those guys you created in a lap. Like he's like a perfect. That's, like, that's he's a, why he's a mannequin. Home. He's that's, a mannequin hockey player. That's why you came home from the Blackhawks game last night. Yeah. And instead of going to bed early, you know, to, to get ready to watch World Cup this morning, you decided to go Big Ten Network and get a little Fantilli, Fantilli Max, if you will. Yeah. And I, I mean, <laughs> look at my body also. Is, I need a little late night snack, too. So it was, those <laughs> things like coincided with go, each what'd other. What did you go with last night? You know, I had some, a little bit of like, uh, it was gluten free pasta. So oh, a little yeah, bit like lower, lower carb, but sure. then you just cover it in butter and peas and parmesan and like whatever whatever mental trick i was like oh there's lower oh, carbs i just yeah. Lo- but yeah but it was like let's peas watch on there That's yeah good. i love peas but then that was uh that but i was like i want to see this game it yeah. was like a big time you know michigan six michigan state's 12th like this will be a rivalry game good challenge and he's a guy who just pops on tv so uh yeah like i i think I think, you know, he made the joke off the top, well, Bedard's always been this small. And he's like, well, he's, you know, he's also almost a full year younger. Well, he's probably not going to get much taller. That's okay, true. so yeah. he is kind of what, he's going to be a sensational player. And I, I I just think I want the guy who can do everything, and I, and I believe that's going to be Fantilli. All right, so you gave us some comps for Fantilli. Uh, we're going to, on the other side, uh, hear from Promen about the, the comps for Bedard, and we'll also get into some of the other things going on with the uh, NHL draft, and we'll play the game. Uh, Tell me something good about the Blackhawks. Yeah. It's all coming up next. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to the Hockey Show. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. We are in the holiday spirit. We are in the Christmas mood. We are hoping for Bedard or Fantilli. Mm-hmm. Right now, Hawks have the second least amount of points, 18 in the National Hockey League. Anaheim is uh, one point worse with 17. They've got an 18.5% chance of landing the number one pick. Yeah. And currently, the Hawks have a 13.5% chance. So, like, one in six? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like... You don't necessarily need to be one or two as far as and, and win this thing. Right. Uh, yeah. But, but it, it certainly helps, helps your chance. Definitely, definitely helps. So a one in six chance of getting the first overall pick is it, it's it's not where you want to be, but it is where you want to be. And it's like when you're reading off the standings, it's like, and I keep, you know, I up, I look at the score app every day to check check stands. I'm like, is this thing frozen? Yeah. Is this thing just stuck on like 16 points or is 18 points? It's like. How can they not? This is the NHL, like the league that is designed to have an incredible amount of parity. Like you would think that with Taves, Kane, Seth Jones, like something that they would almost luck their way into uh, a three-one win, and they just haven't been able to do it. So the good news is, we talked to uh, Corey Pronman, who is with the Athletic and breaks this down. 
that you know the top four that mm-hmm. tier it, it, in any of the past say couple of drafts one of those four in his estimation would have been the number one overall pick I like yeah. hearing things like that certainly in the last draft when you're a uh, you know vying for it like mm-hmm. this is this is not a year you want to hear yeah this draft's not really good right there's not a there's not a generational player in it there's not a, a franchise yeah. difference making player. And, and it's why when you look at the the hagel trade last year because it's also considered to be very deep so if a normal prospect you know a normal first round is like hey like we want to be in the top 20 to get like a bonafide first round type guy i've heard people say that list might be 40 or 45 like it's like an insanely deep draft and that's why you saw davidson be like uh, we'll take your first round picks for for Hagel, but we want them in twenty twenty four. Right, and uh, so and so it's gonna they're gonna get some hopefully some impact players, and they they have some nice prospects already through one draft. So yeah, and and we'll get to that on the other side. I want to uh, get to Corey Pronman on it. What are the comps for Connor Bedard? I think trying to find a comparable for him is very difficult. I really don't have a comparable I feel confident with right now. Uh, mostly because there aren't a whole lot of sub five ten centers in the National Hockey League. I mean, you pretty much can just point to you know. I don't mean to use a pun, but point to brain and point. Um, <laughs> but 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 like you know, I mean, Jack Hughes is a little bit taller, also a much better skater than Bedard. Crosby's a little bit bigger, and, and his frame is just built in a different way. So there aren't a whole lot of five ten centers in the National Hockey League. When I ask people in the league for a comparable for Bedard. Uh, the names I hear back are often wingers. I've heard Kane's name. I've heard Pasternak's name. I've heard Kucherov's name. Uh, and I'm not ruling out him playing at center. Uh, I just think he would be the first that looked like that in quite some time. Maybe, you know, maybe going back 10, 20 years, maybe since since Sackett came into the league with that kind of frame. You know, just there aren't a whole lot of small centers in the NHL, especially those playing, you know, you know, at, you know, at the top of the scoring uh, leaders like we expect that he will be one day. I'm looking forward to seeing Bedard here in the World Junior Championships. The uh, Team Canada pro- put out their lines yep. as they report to uh, to camp today, and they've got Bedard on the wing on the top mm-hmm. line. They got Fantilli on the left wing on the third or fourth line. Yeah, <laughs> I saw another one that he was on the second line, second okay. line left wing. But it is one of those things where it's you defer to the older players in sure. junior. And, and so if you look at that roster for Team Canada. Every single player, with the exception of Bedard and Fantilli, and I think maybe the backup goalie, have, have already been drafted. So Bedard, Fantilli, they're underage players, so you knew that they're, you know, you just try to slide them in. And if you remember, like, you know, Team Canada's pretty deep. So if you remember, like, the, like the uh, 2000, what was it, 2010 Olympics? Yeah, like Taves Vancouver. Started, Vancouver. Taves ended up winning the tournament's most outstanding player. He did it as a fourth-line wing. Okay, he was a fourth-line left wing. Yeah. Okay, and that was like he was at the peak of his powers, and he was a dominant player. But it was like, hey, like we have like all these centers, you know, like we got Crosby, we got all, we got all these guys. If you want to be on the team, you got to play a wing. And I think you see a little bit of that at World Junior, but I also as camps go along, as we get close to the tournament, they're just going to play the best guys, and I think you'll see Fantilli move to the middle. And depending on what they want out of Bedard, if they want to pair him with Shane Wright, if they want to pair him with Fantilli, they might have him on the wing, but he could easily be a center on that team eventually, too. Let's go back to the phone lines, 312-332-3776. Matt from Crystal Lake joins us. How you doing today, Matt? Welcome to the Hockey Show. Good. What's going on, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, we yeah. can. What, what's on your cool. mind? I, uh, first time listener. You guys seem like a good combo together. I like oh, thank you. Appreciate that. I got you. Um, so the reason for my call is... Um, uh, about Kaner, um, 
what do you guys think they're going to do? Like, are they going to hold on to him, sign him, trade him? And if they are going to trade him, what would a possible trade look like? Well, uh, I'll start off on that. You know, right now, Kane and Taves hold the cards as far as uh, no movement clauses. I think what's going to happen, we're going to get through the holidays. I have a feeling that Patrick and his agent, Pat Persson, who's also Taves and Seth Jones' agent, uh, will get together in some fashion. Uh, they'll put together a list, and it probably won't be an extensive list, but mm-hmm. it'll probably be a few teams on there that they're they're on their radar, they're looking at to see wh- whether they're in the playoff mix yeah. or not, cities he'd like to go to, what the long-term projection would be to signing an extension there. I think they will get together, and at some point in January, Brisson will talk to Kyle Davidson, and they'll begin the the conversation of where 19 and 18 may like to go. And I think somewhere in early to mid-February, that's when we're really going to see things heat up. Some gas on that. And and, and it will be done. Kane will not be traded on the March 3rd trade deadline. It'll happen to me sometime in middle to late February. I think if you're a team that's going to be trading for him, you want as much time with him as possible. So I think that's that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, you know, but it's like I I've been kind of racking my brain on this and looking at the standings and looking at teams and what certain what the good teams need and where those teams are. I think the list that makes sense for Kane is very small. I I think there's one team to me that checks a lot of boxes, and it's Dallas. And, and I can't really. The Rangers seem like the slam dunk heading into the year. That's no longer the case because they're just not very good. And like you said, maybe they figure it out. Maybe they pull a lever and get rid of Gallant, and uh, and they you know they get it cooking by deadline time, and they're a, a viable team again. But I can't see Kane looking at the standings, and be like, well, they're fighting tooth and nail to get in as a wild card. Like, I'm not going there. So it's almost like you you might as well just stay here if you're if you're not going to be making the playoffs might might as well not make the playoffs here. So Dallas to me makes sense, um, but it's like you know New Jersey's at the top stand, but they got enough guys like him. I don't think Vegas can afford him. Toronto, I don't think he really makes sense in Toronto. Yeah, I don't think he makes sense. I, mean, I think they need defensive help, right? Yeah, and I can't like Seattle has been a very you know nice surprise this I year. I can't see him going to Seattle. Me neither. No. But they're a team that could use them and afford them, and they have some draft capital and some prospect. But it's like I can't see Kaner being like, "Yeah, send me to Seattle." Like, no, of course not. I mean, he loves Edzo, but I don't think he loves yeah, Edzo not, that much. Not enough. Edzo, can I bunk with you yeah. for a month and a half? Just rooming up with Nikki Olchuk, yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's like I, I think LA might get something going, but it's like they don't really need. They need defense more than they need him too. So. I would love it if they if it were LA because they got a a ton of young exciting prospects to send over there closer to being NHL ready but it's just like I, I don't I really like I think the list as of right now in my opinion is Dallas and if it's not Dallas then I don't know where he goes do you see a scenario where Kane and Taves somehow stay here and just become unrestricted free agents at the end of the year totally I, I and what, 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 give me give me a percentage on on that scenario. I, I think it's going to be more difficult to make a trade than 
we're anticipating because I think that the number matters. I think what they get back matters. And I think, you know, let's say Carolina, you know, they're a very good team. Can you ma- imagine either one of those teams? No. Being like, or those guys saying, yeah. No. So it's just no, like, thank you. that's what I mean. So it's got to be the right team, the right market, the right coach. They have to be able to send something back. And then you're going to uproot your life for a couple of months to try to take a run at a cup. And, you know, maybe it is Colorado if, you know, that's a team that makes sense. But even, you know, you're looking at, like, Florida, who has been a little slow out of the gates under Paul Maurice. But I think they'll get it going. But they don't have anything in the cupboard to trade unless you're, like, give us Spencer Knight. Right. And they're not going to do that. So it's like, how do you make a deal work? Maybe you just can't. And it's like, we'll address it in the summer. Do you think the Rangers would ever give up Capo Caco? Or Lafreniere? Yes, I think they would. It's like that. The, 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 would you want them? I'm, I'm the, looking at the Tage Thompson deal for yeah, Ryan. Okay. And I'm like, I, I think in this package, it needs to be multiple picks for Patrick. Yeah. A first and maybe a third, kind of mm-hmm. like with Claude Giroux. Yep. And then Owen Tippett ended up going to Philadelphia. I, I think I'd like to get a first-round pick, much like Montreal is doing with Kirby Doc. Yep. A guy who needs a change of scenery, who I'm not... He's still young and, and young, yep. and you know has that upside, maybe was a top-ten pick somewhere, and you know not Alex Nylander, but somebody <laughs> who, who <laughs> has a skill set. Yeah. And, and maybe you've seen that he performs in the playoffs, but he's not consistent the regular season. Yep. But you think... At age 24, 25, the switch will be flipped. Yeah, and, and it's, it is almost like Doc had like the weight of everyone. You're the next Jonathan Tate. Right, right. And it's like, oh, oh, my God, like that's a lot to live up to. And he just needed maybe, you know, he's playing well. He needed a fresh start, needed a, a fresh set of eyes on him to be like, this is how you're going to be successful in the NHL, not we're going to make you into this because we need you to be this. And I've always liked, I like laugh better than I like Hacko. So if it was laugh, but and he was in the same draft class as Kirby, uh, right? No, Kako was. Kako went second, and laugh was the year before. And so I, I'd have to look at that contract too, because then it's like, well, then they're they're effectively they're RFAs, and yeah. And so, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think that that would probably be. I don't think that would be the most attractive piece. It'd be like, hey, we'll we'll take one of those guys, give them a start, but you have to give us extra picks too. And and the talent is there, but it's just the light switch hasn't come on for either one of those guys. And it, can you imagine how good the Rangers would be if it had? I, it, you know, because they have a lot, they got a lot of talent, but it's like you're still waiting for a guy who went first overall and a guy who went second overall to be impact players, and they haven't been at any point in their careers. We're gonna play. Say something nice about the Blackhawks. That's next. It's the hockey show on ESPN One Thousand. You're listening to The Hockey Show. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Final moments here on The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Thanks to our producer, Kendra Smith, and our sponsor, the Chicago Wolves. Barstool Chief Pat Boyle with you. All right, let's play the game. Say something nice about the Blackhawks. I like where you're going with this. This is is the holiday. The holiday spirit. We'll start right there. I love that North Atrium. Okay. When I was a kid, it was you're walking down Madison from Red Top Parking or whatever, freezing. 
Now you don't have to. You walk in that atrium pregame. They always had unbelievable. It was a Christmas explosion in there. It was a nice fan experience. I appreciated that. And it looks like it was always part of the United Center. Yeah. Usually additions, you're like, oh, and that's where the addition is. No. Perfect. It's it, Look, the, the Jordan statue is is a landmark mm-hmm. in, in the state of Illinois. Oh, yeah. I mean, people come 365 days a year to see that. Yep. Uh, but like you said, the experience that they've created in that atrium is pretty they got, awesome. They got the little restaurant, right. the little bar. It's great. Say something nice about the Blackhawks. Arvid Soderbloom could be the long-term answer in that, at worst, a really good backup. He's a good athlete. I like him a lot. Um, I'll go Jim Cornelison. So was, Winnipeg was in last night. You got the anthem. Nobody sings the Canadian national uh, anthem fantastic. better than Jim. That's Canada's got to work on that. You can't have an American being the best guy singing your anthem. And did he last night do one verse in French? He did not. Okay, I was waiting yeah, for that. Yeah, because when Montreal was in the house, yeah. he de- so maybe when I think it's Ottawa and Montreal, yeah, he does he that. Does that. It's okay. a nice touch. But that's a, that's a great touch because yep. that's the language in those that? provinces. Who yeah. can do that? I mean, Only Jim. Uh, Jared Tenorti is a tough sob. Oh, he's a mean dude. Dude missed five games, Chief. Yep. Comes back last night, 27 seconds into his first shift. First shift of the game. Yep. Takes a skate to the face. And Luke Richardson said afterwards, huge gash. You and I are in traction for two months. We're out of work. We're not doing... This guy gets stitched up, and he's back out with the full windshield in the second period. Yep, I would be just and he's blocking shots, blocking and shots. Players, I would just be like, "Give me the Portillo's cake shake until this heals." Like, that's the only thing I can eat. But yeah, he, he, he's a tough dude. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and then you know, on that note, they do stand up for each other, and I like that. So okay. we talked about the Antonio thing earlier. We saw a little bit. Of, they had a couple. Of, hey, how you doings in the corner with Winnipeg? I feel like that's that rivalry for whatever reason has always kind of it always kind of pops up, tempers flare, and we saw a little bit of that last night too. So I like that. I like a team that it's like, hey, we're gonna. It's like you're, everyone's going down with the ship. There's no mutinies. Everybody's playing together, playing for each other. They're just not very good. Say something nice about the Blackhawks. Luke Richardson is an excellent soundbite. He's forthcoming. He's direct. He provides context. I think you called him Don Draper of oh, the yeah. NHL. Uh, he's refreshing behind the mic. It, it's the opposite of anything we've gotten, maybe ever. And I, I love 